Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I've got a few questions for you before we begin, or as we begin, rather. How many of you this morning had your time of opening up Christmas presents already? Good for you. How many of you are waiting till after service to open up your Christmas presents? Good for you. That's us as well. Um, now let me ask you another question. How many of you that opened up those gifts received a pretty weird gift this morning? Some honest people in the house. Don't look at the person that gave the gift to you. That's, just, that's wrong. Some of y'all are like... Just by show of hands one more time, how many of you have ever received a really weird gift? Okay, I'm in the right place. I remember as a child, I would get socks and underwear, and as a kid, that was really strange. As an adult, I really appreciate that when that happens. (laughs) I get that, I'm like, thank God, I don't have to go to the store, I don't have to spend money on that. So those gifts were weird, but by far the weirdest gift I have ever received came from my wife's brother. And in his defense, he was going through a really weird time in life whenever he gave us this gift. And I actually have a picture. Do we have that picture that, that I want to show you what he got us for Christmas one year? Can, can we put that up? <laughs> If you, if someone gave you that gift this morning for Christmas, pray for them because they will come out of this. They will get out of this. I remember getting that and we were like, I mean, you can't even really say thank you for that. You just go, wow. Do you like it? Wow. I think we put it in our closet somewhere and we have no idea where it was. But that was by far the weirdest gift I've ever received. Now, there's the weird gifts that you give, and then there's the people who are extremely difficult to buy for. I have family members that are more difficult to buy for, but by far, the person who is the most difficult person to buy a Christmas gift for is my mom. Because I feel like every time my wife and I say the same thing every year, we say, she has everything. Like I'm always nervous I'm gonna buy her a gift and she's going to say, oh, thank you, I already have two of those. (laughs) It happened, I mean, she's the most difficult person. For years she's been that. But now things are getting a little simpler because now if I send her a picture of my daughters, that made her whole year, that made her whole day. And so that's, we all have those people that are difficult to buy for. But I want to ask you another question as I, it's probably the last question, one of the last questions I'll ask. This is Jesus' birthday. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What do you give a king who has everything? What do you give a king who has it all? He controls it all. 
What do you bring to him? What do you give to him? If you ever had the opportunity to stand before a king, what would you bring him, let alone the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who has it all? What do you give a king who has it all? And before I answer that question, first I want to talk about why we even give gifts to begin with. Why do we have this practice? Where did it come from? So glad you asked. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Scripture that people are reading all over the world this morning. It says this, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. This is a very special moment How many of you have heard the song, We Three Kings of Orient Are? Let me just tell you, that song is wrong. And I'll tell you why it was wrong. Number one, the Bible never says that there were three of them. It doesn't say that. It says that for different reasons that we're going to get into in a moment, why people kind of think it might have been three. But I don't believe it was three. I believe it was a large group. I believe it was a large caravan of these wise men or magi, and we'll get to that in a moment as well, that came bringing gifts to our king. So there weren't three of them, and there weren't kings. They were not kings. They were magi. What's a magi? A magi is, it was this blend, if you will, of a Gentile priest, not for for Judaism, not for the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, but they worshiped this one God, but it wasn't our God. But this rare, this breed, if you will, of priest, of spiritual advisor, and also they were kingmakers. These were the people who would interpret dreams. These were the people who would give spiritual wisdom to those in leadership. But these were also the, these priests, but they were also these, ad, they were kingmakers. And certain, in the Medes and the Persians, you could not become a king unless you passed through the Magi. Unless they approved you becoming a king. These were powerful men. These were wise men. They were a very old religion. But yet, it was these men who came to bring gifts to Jesus. It was these men. So they show up one day in Jerusalem. And if you remember, the Magi were actually mentioned, in the wise men mentioned in the Old Testament. They were mentioned in the book of Daniel, with Daniel the great prophet when he was taken, they were taken captive by by the Babylonians and King Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel's wisdom, because he served the true and living God, proved to be greater than all of the rest of the wise men. And he was put in charge of the Magi. And if you remember in the Bible, there was an angel who showed up to Daniel and told him of things to come. And you want to know what that angel's name was? Gabriel. It was the same angel that showed up to Zechariah. It was the same angel that showed up to Mary to tell her about the birth of Jesus. So this angel Gabriel shows up and he speaks to Daniel of these things to come. And Daniel's put in charge of the Magi. And this Daniel begins to show them about the true God of Israel. And here we are, 
hundreds and hundreds of years later, the followers of, the, of Daniel, this man of God, now show up because they know that it's been foretold and prophesied that a great king would come, that the king of the Jews would come. And it's these descendants, these men who come to worship Jesus. Now let's go back to the rest of the story. Verse 3, King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. Now the reason why Herod was upset and disturbed by this was because Herod was the king. And the thought of another king coming and taking his throne threatened him. And it stirred all of Jerusalem because when Herod was upset, they were upset. Because Herod was such a wicked king. Let me, let me tell you about this man for a moment. Herod was so evil and so wicked that when he was on his deathbed, he knew that when he died, people would not grieve his death. So he gathered all of the notable men in Jerusalem and had them locked up. And he sent out a proclamation that the day he died, all of them were to be killed so that at least they would be grieving in Jerusalem the day he died. That's how wicked and how evil of a king this man Herod was. So he was threatened by the fact that these, these wise men are coming from the east and they're saying that the king of the Jews has come. Let's keep going. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too, which was a lie. After this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The reason why we give gifts to one another on Christmas is not because of Santa Claus. It's not because of a fat man with a beard. We give gifts because God gave us an incredible gift. And these magi came to this child and they brought gifts. They presented gifts to him. That's why we give gifts on Christmas. That's why we do this. And I want to point out to you today the four gifts that the Magi gave and why they gave them. Four gifts. And I know that confuses some of you, but there were four. Let me explain the first one. The first gift that they gave was gold. They brought a big treasure chest of gold and they presented it to Jesus. Why gold? At that time, it still is very valuable, but at that time, gold was the most precious metal known to man. This was a gift for kings. As a matter of fact, it was said that if you were ever 
in the presence of a king or invited to see a king that you should always bring a gift. And what better gift to give than the gift of kings? Gold. So they came to Jesus and they brought him gold. And what they were saying, they were acknowledging that Jesus, you are the king of the Jews. And not only are you the king of the Jews, you are the king of kings. That gift was significant. That gift meant something. And keep in mind, these men were not Jewish men. Signifying to us all the more that not only was he the king of the Jews, but he's the king of the Gentiles. He's the king of the world. So they brought this gift to this baby. And this became very helpful because shortly after this story, if you read your Bibles, Joseph and Mary had to take a trip to Egypt and stayed there for a long period of time until they came back to Nazareth. This gold paid for that trip. But they brought this gold to signify, Jesus, you are the king. The second gift that they brought was frankincense. Everybody say frankincense. For the kids in the room, not Frankenstein, frankincense. Frankincense was a very important incense. It was an incense. And some of you remember burning incense in your room for unholy reasons. <laughs> and I can tell by some of your laughs who those people were. But this, was, this incense was an incense that was used when you were making offerings in the temple. This is what the priests would use when they would burn incense as a sacrifice to God because this was a very expensive, very valuable incense and it had such a sweet aroma. It's what the priest would use. And as I mentioned before, the Magi were a type of priest. They were Gentile priests. And so they were very familiar with the importance and the significance of frankincense especially when brought for a sacrifice. So these priests came and presented this to Jesus. Why? First, let me tell you what a, the role of a priest really was. The role of a priest was to stand before God on behalf of the people. The role of a priest was essentially to be an intercessor. I'm interceding. I'm standing before God on behalf of these people. That's what the role of a priest was. So when these magi were bringing this incense to Jesus, they were signifying, you are the high priest. We're bringing this incense. We're bringing this, this altar sacrifice to you, our king and our high priest. Jesus, the Bible says this, is always making intercession for us. Do you know what that means? That means that Jesus sits on, at the right hand of God right now, and he is talking to God on your behalf. He is eternally interceding for you. God, give them another chance. Lord, help them with this. Lord, my blood was shed. Father, my blood was shed for them. Because he is our high priest. That's good news. That's good news. So when they brought this gift of frankincense, this very costly gift, they brought it to him to signify him being the high priest. Now, the third gift that they gave was myrrh. And this is where it gets a little odd. It gets a little strange. Myrrh in the Bible had, in that biblical times, had many different uses. People would use myrrh as a beauty treatment. People would use myrrh as a perfume because it has such a sweet-smelling aroma. 
People would also use myrrh as a painkiller. If you remember in the Bible when Jesus was on the cross, they gave him wine mixed with myrrh in order to help dull the pain. Of course, Jesus spit it out because he wanted to feel the full weight of the sin of the world and the sacrifice that he was making. But it was used as a painkiller. But I believe the reason why the Magi brought this gift of myrrh to Jesus, what the thing they were signifying was because of this last usage. Usage, excuse me. It was also used as for embalming. It was used for embalming. They would pack bodies with myrrh as the bodies were decaying. This gift signified the very purpose why this baby was born. Now, as a parent, can you imagine receiving that gift and thinking through that gift? But nonetheless, the Bible tells us why Jesus came. Jesus himself said, this is why I came into the world. Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says this, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus says, I came into the world. My purpose for coming into the world was to lay my life down, was to die for you. And as great as the, and powerful and life-changing as the teachings of Jesus are, and the example of Jesus is, and the power that Jesus displayed, and all of those amazing things, if it was not for his death, you and I would not be right with God. It's for this reason that he came into the world. So they brought this gift of myrrh, signifying the thing that I said last night at our amazing Christmas Eve service, that this baby was born into the world to become a man. And this man came into the world to die on the cross for our sins. That was the third gift. And you may be wondering, Pastor, what was the fourth gift? Because I only see three here. No, the Bible tells us there were four. And really this last gift, if you will, I'm calling it a gift, but really it's a response to a gift. It's a response to a gift that they were given and they gave this back to Jesus in this moment. Verse 11 tells us what it is. It says this, they entered the house and they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. They bowed down and they worshiped him. What do you give a king who has everything? I'll tell you what you give him. You give him yourself. You give him your worship. You give him your devotion. He has it all. But the thing he came into the world for was you. In your brokenness, in your hurt, in your pain, in your mistakes, he came into the world seeking after us. That's the thing that he wants. He has all of the gold that he needs. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He has all of the materials and the resources and the incense and the plants. He created them all. But the thing that this baby wanted you that's what he wants from us these Gentile priests from a foreign religion came 
and they bowed down to this baby and they worshiped him. I love Christmas and I love the giving of gifts. But can I tell you the greatest thing that you are supposed to give and that you can give is worship to Jesus for what he did. Worship to him. I love the singing and the worship and the songs this morning. Many of you heartfelt, full of tears and gratitude to him for what he's done. That's what he wants. He wants your heart. He wants you. What do you give a king who has it all? You give him you. So I encourage you with this as I close. If you're a believer, give him your worship this morning. Remember what he did. Give him your praise. No matter what you're going through in life, can I be honest, when you're in eternity, everything you're going through won't be important. It won't matter. When you see his face, it will all be worth it. All of the sacrifices, all of the things you've given up, all of the hurt and the hardships and the misunderstandings, it will all be worship. So let's begin that praise now. If you're a believer, give him your worship. If you're an unbeliever, give him your devotion. Give him your life. That's why he came. Many were born again last night, but I want to give you another opportunity today. If you've never been born again, I want to give you the opportunity to give yourself to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because the rest of this story tells us that this ma- these magi, whenever they left Jesus, the Bible says that they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. So they went home a different way than the way that they left. Can I tell you, when you meet Jesus, you go home a different way than the way that you came. And some of you need the opportunity today to go home a different way than the way that you came. I encourage you, give him yourself. He loves you. That's why he died. Pastor, I don't know if he would ever want me. Yes, he does. Pastor, you don't know what I've done. Doesn't matter. I know it's not greater than the blood that he shed. I don't know if I can do it, Pastor. I I don't know if I can make the turn. Listen to me. This is not about self-will. This is not about a fresh start and becoming a good person. God didn't come for good people. He came for dead people. And he gives us new life. He makes us alive. So if you're here and you've never been born again, I want to give you the opportunity to be born again. And we say like this, that process of becoming born again, becoming a Christian, becoming a believer is as simple as ABC. A, you admit. Admit that you're a sinner, that you're far away from God. B, you believe that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. And C, you confess that he is now the Lord of your life. That you're turning from your sin and you're following him. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads as I pray for you this morning. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I want to be born again. I want to be saved. If Jesus can wash me clean, if he can forgive me, I want to give him my devotion today. What a great day to respond to that gift that he gave. 
So with no one looking around, on the count of three, I'm simply going to ask you to lift up your hand because I want to acknowledge who I'm praying with. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer of surrender to the God of the universe and you will be saved. Your sins will be forgiven and you will have a fresh start. One, two, three. If that's you, lift it up. Lift it up. Don't be, don't be embarrassed. Thank you. Lift it up high. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, young man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. See your hand back there. Thank you. Thank you. The Bible says, suffer the little children that come to me. If your kids are wanting to pray that prayer, don't stop them. Church, pray this prayer, this prayer with me as we surrender to God. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe on the cross you died for my sin, for my guilt, and for my shame. I believe you faced hell so I would not have to go. And you rose again from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. I turn away from my sin. I repent of my sin. And I'll follow you. And from this moment on, God, you're my Father. Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. My risen King. Holy Spirit, you're my helper. Heaven is now my home. And I am your disciple. In Jesus' name, amen.